This is firefighter Raphael Poirier reminding you that every day a portion of every Firehouse Subs purchase goes towards helping first responders. Try the new pastrami Reuben, loaded with hot pastrami, sweet and tangy slaw, and melted Swiss. For a limited time, get a medium pastrami Reuben for just $6.39. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time offer at participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase. What's up, everybody? Wow. The third show today on this special afternoon gratitude on Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude. We are being heard right now on iHeartRadio, on Spreaker, on Spotify, on Google Play, and of course being seen on Facebook and YouTube. Good afternoon, everybody. Man. So, we're going to just get into this. <laughs> so, um, you guys all know, you guys all watch the show. So, and you, some, for those of you who are new listeners, um, you guys, you probably may or may not know about some of my struggles. But for those of you who have been with the show, you do know that I've battled mental health issues. Um, I've, I've dealt with sexual abuse and physical abuse. Um, I also have HIV, um, <laughs> been homeless, been in jail six times. I've been horribly um, afflicted by some of the own, my, my just personal demons that have derailed um, a normal life. But some of us were not meant to live normal lives. Some of us were meant just to be stubborn, hard-headed some of us were meant to have struggles. Some of us were meant to have hit rock bottom 9, 10, 11 times. Some of us just take a while to get it. I was one of those people. By the grace of God, I'm alive. And it took a lot of things to make me realize that, okay, my life is no longer my own. I'm here because God has a very special purpose for me. And it appears that God has a very special purpose for my friend Joshua. Uh, Joshua is a childhood friend of mine. Someone that I remember Red Oak Elementary School in South Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Uh, was when we first went to school together. And he was just always a special guy. Like I just, like I, I don't have any bad memories of him except for just smiling, happy, a joy. And then over the years, you know, after high school, lost contact, but I frankly lost contact with everybody. I mean, I was running from everything that was normal and home. I was just running. And 
when I found out that I had HIV, I um, around that time I found out that one of my childhood friends, Joshua, also had HIV. And I wanted to reach out to him then, but I didn't. For whatever reason, I didn't. And then when I finally came out on my show as having HIV, someone said, you need to reach out to Josh. I didn't do it. And then literally a few days later, I found out that he tried to take his own life. <laughs> My first reaction was, why didn't I call him? Why didn't I reach out? And I was like, I have to talk to him. And I found out he was in a coma and I have to talk to him. I have to talk to him. I have to talk to him. So I'm like messaging everybody. I'm messaging his mom. I'm messaging his friends. I'm like, I have to talk to him. And somehow, by the grace of God, Josh is here. Josh is alive. Josh is very much alive. And I'm blessed and honored. Well, I'm absolutely happy to be here. Well, you're not on the show yet, Josh. <laughs> so, anyway, but Josh, we're about to bring Joshua on now. But it is, it is a blessing to have him here. And... We are going to be speaking so you can hear. You just may have heard through the speaker. Um, we are speaking through an interpreter. So we're going to cover a lot of bases today. This is going to get all kinds of interesting. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my friend, my dear friend, Joshua Dowling Castle. Yes, hello everyone. How are you doing today? Great to see you. Hello, thank you so much for having me here on your show. <laughs> it's good to see you, man. Um, first things first, Joshua. Uh, first of all, right, um, audience, can you guys hear, hear, hear the interpreter through the microphone? Please let me know if you're hearing this okay. Um, so, first things first, Joshua, will you tell us what you're grateful for today? What I want to understand, and but I also get it, because I'm also a believer. Like I'm, a, I, 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 like my faith. My, I'm a follower of Christ. I, like I, I, I love the Lord, and I, my relationship with God is very, very strong. But I also understand what it's like to hate myself, <laughs> and, and just say, screw it. I want to give up. I, I've had those feelings. How for you, like, because I know that you're also a believer, your faith in God is very strong. What was it that made you say, I give up, I'm done and go through the extraordinary measures to kill yourself that you did? Okay. <laughs> That's actually a very, very good question. Um, you know, my faith is not, uh, you know, 
you know, it doesn't permit that kind of action. Um, I'm on HIV medicine. I've been on it for about 10 years. And that specific medication um, is called uh, altriptyline. Um, that's the name of the medication. It's, it's very effective at controlling the virus. Uh, but it does actually cause some long-term effects, long-term effects on part of the brain uh, responsible for judgment, for mood, reactions, um, you know, the ability to cope with stress. Um, last month, my parents and I had, um, you know, a family argument, and it, it was a huge argument. You know, that happens sometimes, you know. Um, we've got, sometimes you just kind of get into these spats, and I wasn't able to control it, um, you know, and I just snapped. And that night, my parents went to bed, and I just, you know, I took all of, uh, I, I took every bottle of medication that was in my room, and, you know, um, that's just how it happened, you know. I, I laid down on, on on my bed, and, you know, I made an announcement on Facebook, um, and I left a number just in case, and um, so I can tell you that at that time, my brain was not working correctly. Um, you know, I was in this very, very deep um, state of, of despair, and I felt like nobody cared about me, and I felt, you know, I was just tired of this. I, I was tired of trying to survive in this world that doesn't accommodate, you know, a deaf perspective and a deaf lifestyle, trying to go back and forth between the two. You know, I struggled with drug, uh, you know, substance abuse, with drugs, um, you know, mental issues, and I just got so tired, to be honest with you. I just got tired. <laughs> that's, that's just what led to it. You know, and fortunately, somebody had called my mother five times that night. Um, you know, I woke my mom up saying, <clears throat> you know, my parents actually came into my bedroom, which is directly next to the room, you know, to theirs. And, you know, I think it was, yeah, it was about 15 minutes from stopping being able to breathe. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely lucky. Oh, you know? God. Let, so I, I want to reset really quick and go all the way back to our childhood. You know, kids are very... <laughs> kids are funny because when anything's different than what we know, we, we, we kind of shun people away. We push them away. I remember going to school with somebody that had Tourette's and it was like, oh, this is weird. Like, I don't really understand this. But I remember succinctly you and Tara being always really, really happy, loving, joyful people. And even though really communication was a problem, it was always fun and enjoyable to be around you. Like you were comfortable. And what tell us like for you. Was, was in your early years, like when we were in grade school, was it a struggle for you to fit in? Did you feel comfortable? Did you feel accepted at that time? Well, that's actually a really great question. I'm happy you asked that question. Um, you know, I had grown up, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I was around five years old or so, I had gone there. Um, I didn't really understand the concept of the deaf language, the, the hearing language, you know, under sign language. I didn't really understand any of that. I just had, you know, a wonderful mother, a wonderful grandmother, an aunt, you know, and, um, and my sister was great. Um, and then I went to school for the first time, and I really didn't feel like I was going to socialize. I, I didn't understand kind of what that was, and, uh, you know, talking and 
you know, I didn't know why they were talking or excuse me, looking at me funny. Um, and so I did struggle that from the, with that from the beginning. But I was fortunate enough to be a part of the deaf uh, culture, you know, um, and the deaf group there that gave me kind of a, a sense of acceptance and this, um, you know, belonging. But at the same time, I definitely wanted more, you know. Um, so it's kind of a little bit hard to explain, um, you know, to stop, you know, to some people. But to be honest with you, I, I love deaf people. I love hearing people. You know, I just wanted to be accepted by, you know, accepted by both worlds. Um, and sometimes I found myself trying to, you know, flop back and forth and, you know, try to be the peacemaker, so to speak. Um, so that's how I felt growing up, trying to, you know, be part of both worlds. And it was extremely stressful. Um, and I think that was one thing uh, that kind of caused my anger and sadness to build up over time, you know, until I became, um, you know, an adult. And that caused long-term, I guess, issues, for lack of a better term. You follow me, you, you get what I mean. Oh, I get it. Tell me about what made you decide to try drugs for the first time and what got you hooked and why. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, I didn't drink or smoke until I was around 23 years old. So, I mean, I, I was a very good boy. Um, uh, you know, I'd have to say that it was I, the relationship. Uh, you know, relationships didn't work out, um, um, you know, with my partner and he and I, you know, we just simply didn't work out and that broke my heart, um, you know, and then I had gone to college I, you know, I just wanted to be popular and all the popular kids, you know, drank and did some mild, you know, mild drugs. Um, and at the same time in college, I needed some medication for my ADHD. So of course, you know, I got the doctor. You know, I got medicine for that, so you know, just so I could do well in school. So for about the first five years, it was just kind of playing around, light experimentation. But then after college was finished, um, I found myself addicted to uh, you know my ADHD medication specifically. So I, I, I'm just going to be very honest here. I'm trying to think of what that uh, you know with with Adderall. Um, you know, it was it was good, but you know, it came to a point where I. You know, I'm definitely confident, you know, with, or I assume I'm, I'm, I've recovered from that, that drug use of that medication. Um, you know, I realized that um, my quality of life was not getting any better, <clears throat> you know, and it definitely caused a lot of uh, mood swings, a lot of, you know, uh, conflicting emotions, um, you know, behaviors, uh, lines of thought. So, I mean, I thought to myself, I'm so much better than this. I mean, you know, you had a good life when you were younger, you know, you were you were straight in your mind, you know what I mean? And so that's what I was trying to do, you know, I'm just trying to get back to that happy part of my life, um, you know, today. <laughs> so you, ne- you didn't get into the hardcore stuff. I mean, you didn't start abusing like your, like cocaine and meth and all that stuff, right? Well, yes, um, I did experiment with cocaine. Um, with meth, with, uh, I guess, really name it. Um, but, you know, I just, I, I don't want to go into that a whole lot, but I did experiment with a lot of those types of drugs. Um, you know, and mostly uppers, to, you know, to keep me up, 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 you know, up and going, so that kind of stuff. Well, I get it. So have you, were you diagnosed with bipolar disorder or just ADHD? So I 
you have OCD, um, I have anxiety, I have ADHD, um, and I have uh, BPD, which is kind of it's borderline personality disorder. It means I have a hard time, you know, relating to people sometimes, and I have I do suffer from depression. Um, you know, I, I guess you could say anger management issue. I mean, I have got I've got a laundry list, so to speak. So, um, so, but yes, a form, formal diagnosis. Yeah. I so I relate to in that. The reason why I asked you that question is because borderline personality disorder is very similar to bipolar disorder and I have the same thing. And that I love, I've embraced being bipolar. I do not take medication for it. I don't, I don't take, the only medication I take is the, my HIV medication. Everything else I manage with food and, you know, I, stuff like that. So I... Yeah, that's extremely I know it's okay. Um, but so, but the bipolar meds, the highs are so amazing. Like, woo, I'm just amazing. But the low is so miserable and just in numb and empty that I fell in love with cocaine because it made me feel normal. It made me feel accepted. It made me feel bulletproof. It made me feel a lot of different ways. And then in Taurus, when I started mixing it with sex, that was a whole other problem. But the fact is that that is why I fell in love with drugs is because it made me feel freaking normal. Because I never felt normal. I never felt accepted. I never felt like I was always scared. And go ahead. Right. Absolutely. I agree. You know. I absolutely agree with you. Um, let me think here. Yeah, with, with the Coke and the uppers, they made me feel normal as well. You know, I felt like everything was just so great. And But when I crashed, I mean, that was the issue with everything. So I definitely understand that struggle as well. I, I resonate with that. You know, I'm, I'm very happy that we're able to ha being able to have this conversation like this too. We need to have this conversation, and we're going to have it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a very serious issue for so many people. And I also, audience, everyone listening right now on iHeartRadio and Spotify, Spreaker, you can join us over at Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude on Facebook. And audience listening, if you have questions, now's the time to ask. Because you have two people that have very similar stories. And if you want to ask questions, have at it. I mean, I'm an open book. I'm at a place in my life where I'm very, very secure. I've spoken my truth. I have no secrets. So if you want to ask questions, feel free to ask them. If Josh wants to answer them, he will. Um, so Josh, I, 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 one of the things that changed for me, what do you say? Oh, okay. Um, one of the things that changed for me is the realization that my way was no longer working. And for me, I was sitting in a jail cell looking at five years in jail in, in LA County, which is not a fun place to be. Um, looking at five years and the second day into that, I got in a shouting match with God, asking him why he would not change me. God, why won't you change me? Why won't you change me? Why can't you fix me like everybody else? And that is when I finally had my moment with God because I heard him say, you need to forgive your father. And then I asked him, how in the hell am I supposed to do that? And he says to me, 
because it happened to him too. And that gave me the realization that, okay, my father was doing the best he could do with the tools he had. And it allowed me, because I knew it happened to him, it helped me realize, or helped me have compassion, which then allowed me to forgive. And forgiveness was the key to me unlocking this, this anger and this hatred and this bitterness and this desire to want to kill myself. Because see, unlike taking hundreds of pills to kill myself, I was trying to kill myself. I was trying to go out like a rock star to see how much meth or how much cocaine I could do to make me where I would just die in my sleep. Like that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to have a heart attack and die. I was trying to make my brain explode because I didn't have a gun. So that's what I was choosing to do. I was going to go out like a rock star. But it was because I had so much built up anger and resentment built up inside of me and this hatred towards my father that I was not able to let go. And, in, and, and because of that, I was killing myself. But once I was able to forgive him, I was able to really receive the spirit and set myself free and really be connected to God and like learn, hey, no, now you get to use your pain for purpose. Now you get to use all of that bad stuff that's going on with you to help other people. So, Josh, where are you at on this? Because it's been a month since you had your experience, near death experience. Where are you at now? So, mentally I'm in a place where I'm really not worried about the little things anymore. You know, I'm just not. Uh, you know, I'm just going with the flow. And, um, you know, when I woke up, I realized that I was still alive. And I saw, you know, the face of my, my, of my parents when they had saw me in the ICU. You know, and that was that absolute defining moment of, you know, my when my new life started, you know, you know, for the first time I, I felt the deep love and the deep pain, you know, you know, they, they saw the deep heartbreak, you know, and I, I it was just I, I was met with so much overwhelming support by people on Facebook, phone calls, emails, everyone was just completely, you know, overwhelmed, you know, and that just you know, I, I, I found about these these issues were just were, were gone, you know. I wasn't worried anymore. I was just met with all of this love, you know, and I'm seeing a counselor currently. Um, I have a doctor. You know, I will have my bad days, of course, you know, but I know I have a support system, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, you do, you know? man. And right now, you know, I'm just taking it easy, you know, one day at a time. That's so, you know, just taking it easy, you know. So that's where I'm at right now. And, you know, I'd say probably within six to nine months, I should probably start working, you know, uh, getting that, you know, getting back to life. Right now, I'm just sharing my story. Because your story can change a lot of people's lives. And, you know, me coming to the realization, Josh, that that all of that hurt, like got, listen, if you didn't have a purpose on this earth, you wouldn't be here. Like, so now you get to use all of that past pain, all of those struggles. You get to use that to change people's lives, to offer hope, to know that it's not too late to turn your life around. Exactly, to empower them. Yes. You know? 
yeah. just empower people with you know with this experience just not to sit around and cry and be self-loathing and you know and just to make that change so how are you sharing your story Joshua <laughs> well right now um, I'm in the middle of writing a second book you know I have published a first book um, so I actually don't have it with me right now uh, but I, I've written a book it's called Simply Josh, right? Simply Josh. You can Google that. You'll, you'll be able to find it. Um, so I'm working on a second book, um, basically focused on um, how to be, you know, a Christian, a gay individual, uh, somebody who has HIV, and you know, somebody who's dealing with mental health issues, um, and really just uh, become peaceful with that, and and how to be a better example for other people who are having hardships. You know, and with with their journey to to find God, you know, that's 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 a new project this year. <laughs> Let me ask you something. So, one of the things that I've always struggled with are limiting beliefs, and you know, believing that I wasn't good enough, believing that no matter how great I did, it wasn't good enough. Like that is the one that I struggle with the most, and and worthiness issues. Golly, um, for you, what would you say? Like the 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 biggest limiting belief that you battle with and how are you overcoming it? Absolutely. <laughs> well, so let me actually, let me, so limiting beliefs, I, I just want to, I just want to, oh, you know, actually, as I was talking through that, I just, I just realized what you'd ask. So, wow, so for anybody who has grown up, you know, and what people call an, an a not normal situation or, or you know, whatever you want to call that. Um, the belief system can be limiting, um, you know, the, the perspectives and things like that. But how I overcome that, I'm definitely still working on that. You know, every day I write something in my book um, and I tell myself, you know, what type of contribution am I making to this world? Um, you know, I think about what I'm good at. Um, you know, that's, I'm definitely starting to do that now. Um, so that's an ongoing development, but, you know, I feel like I'm a little bit too hyper, like I'm a little too loud, uh, a little too all over the place, you know, you know, so I just have to tell myself, you can find the focus, you can stay in, you know, at peace in one place in your mind, you know, everything that you need to do will, will come easier, you know, so just, uh, you know, that's one thing I'm working on. What inspires you, Josh? Um, in what way? About Inspire, how, how so do you mean? Let me rephrase the question. What are you passionate about? Um, I'm passionate about, you know, passing on this knowledge. Um, I think, you know, I, I view myself as a, as a, a teacher almost. I'm, I'm very passionate about sharing this experience and what I've learned, you know. Um, and also my passion is writing. Um, I also am very inspired by the way people behave and talk every day. You know, I find it extremely fascinating and inspiring to see how people interact and, you know, how they experience their sorrow and their joy. So I kind of absorb this inspiration from other people. 
you know? So it's, it's just by observing them or, or writing about them or, you know what I mean? You know, so just people in general. I love that. That is so cool. Um, really quick, I want to say hello to Tara Anderson. Uh, Paula, good to see you. Tara is who I referenced earlier, another childhood friend. It's good to see you. Uh, Brianna, good to see you. Bonnie, great to see you. Dr. Garcia, Diana, Miss, uh, Mrs. Castle, good to see you. Aliv, uh, Faith, thank you guys so much for joining and watching. Lisa, Paula, Amy, you guys, thank you so much. Again, for the radio audience that wants to know what the heck is going on, um, we are speaking through an interpreter with Joshua, um, and you can see the conversation and join in on the conversation um, on Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude. Just look us up on Facebook. Uh, Candace, good to see you. Um, Josh, so you're, you're finishing the book. How, how much longer is it going to be until your book's done? Or are you just going to keep writing until it's done? Well, at this point in time, I feel that, you know, a specific timeline is not uh, ready to be established. You know, um, my history, you know, I, I know how I am with projects, so I'd probably be finished with it in about nine to 12 months or so. Hopefully I have a new manuscript ready, at least by then. You will. Now, did I read this correctly? You have your PhD? Um, well, I'm currently online. Uh, I'm taking some online courses in a PhD uh, curriculum instruction uh, for special education. Oh. I do have a bachelor's degree in uh, French, so I'm fluent in French. <laughs> um, I have a master's degree in special education, and <laughs> yes, yeah, no, believe me, I know. <laughs> yeah. Did you say French? Yes, absolutely. So, is sign language different in Fran like in France, or is it the same? Is it the same language, like the sign signing? Okay, so actually, um, there are different sign language for each country, right? Why? Um, we do have American sign language here. <laughs> it should be universal. So, so, so we, we definitely have French sign language. Okay, um, it's very interesting, actually, the history of French sign language. Um, it's, it's absolutely a long story, um, but basically, to, to truncate it, so uh, ASL, American Sign Language, comes from French Sign Language because, uh, you know, a man actually had immigrated from uh, France and established the first deaf school here in America, so our language kind of has roots over there. Um, I can write fluently and, you know, I can speak and read lips so-so in French, <laughs> um, but... You know, French and and Spanish and, you know, German, you know, you name it. I, I, I'm a linguist. <laughs> I'm just a language person. <laughs> okay, God, I have so many questions now. Um, okay, so for, it, for people that don't know, I know there's obvious communication issues for someone that uses sign language to communicate. And... What would you say like would be the most surprising challenge for someone who is deaf that has to use sign language to communicate? What would be the biggest challenge besides the obvious communication, like talking? Um, I think culturally, you know, cultural context. Um, I think it's a big challenge for a deaf person who signs to try to communicate with 
let's just say, you know, a hearing person is, uh, you know, maybe they don't know anything about deaf culture, they don't know anything about how, you know, deaf people can be smart, they can be high-functioning, that kind of thing. So when you try to approach them and interact with them, my biggest challenge personally is their their brain is just so, uh, you know, locked on lockdown. <laughs> they, they, they're like, let me just get a manager, or uh, uh, and they don't really know how to, you know, uh, approach me. I find that so extraordinary that they, I'm like, I'm just a normal person. I'm just trying to talk. You know, I'm just trying to make my points. You know, and so sometimes I do feel. Uh, like, uh, I just kind of want to, you know, shake them a little bit. I just want to wring their necks a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, but, but, I, yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, my uh, so God. So I, I struggle with that sometimes. Okay. Is, is there sarcasm in sign language? Uh, I'm sorry. Bear with me one moment. Let me just clarify. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yes, we have we have our jokes, we have our our you know our digs, so to speak. Um, deaf people use our facial expressions for you know everything, for mood, for tone, um, you know, for register, that kind of thing. The signs, uh, you know, uh, are you know it, it it helps build up the context of what we're saying, you know, and we're just like hearing people, but we have a language of our own. That's really the biggest difference. It's a big visual language. Okay. So what about watching a movie? Is Do you enjoy watching a movie? Oh, absolutely. Of course. We have captions. Oh! <laughs> it doesn't, so it doesn't take away? It doesn't take away from the movie? No. No, absolutely not. No, I can't live without captions, believe me. <laughs> if there's no captions, I mean, I walk out. I walk right out of the room. <laughs> how crazy. What about music? Like, how, tell me, explain music to me. Okay. So, growing up with, uh, you know, I grew up with hearing aids, so I learned to develop an appreciation for opera or, you know, any music with no words or, you know, no distinguishable language, you know, language within it. Um, so I get to follow the pitches and the tones, that kind of thing. Um, I grew up with hearing aids, so that was something that I always enjoyed. Um, but I'm actually getting a cochlear implant this Thursday um, in Nashville, Tennessee. So I'm, I'm actually going over there, um, you know, at the Underbelt, uh, at the Vanderbilt University Medical Center. <clears throat> so that will actually allow me to hear better. How much better uh, though? Like word, like hear words. Like, would you be able to hear hear words? Well, so so I would say probably about sixty percent improvement. You know, right now I'm functioning at about forty percent, which means I can understand words and lip reading and careful speaking. You know, um, very deliberate speaking. The cochlear implant is not going to make me, you know, hearing. As, yeah, that's something very important to understand. You know, you know, I, it's not going to heal deafness, so to speak. Um, but it is a good question. Um, the cochlear will help me understand spoken language, and it will help me hear words without reading lips. Okay, so that's at least the goal. You know, it, it's going to be it take it's going to take a lot of time to train and, and practice that, but it'll get there. I'm just wow. 
Josh, this is amazing. I, 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 I'm, I'm just, I'm. Wow. Well, thank you. <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 just, I'm extremely thrilled to, you know, to, to be talking about this. So, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, everything is happening. It's like a domino effect. You know, everything that's happened in the past six weeks has, has been just trying to, you know, be myself. <laughs> Let me ask you something. So if anyone out there right now is struggling with depression or is just wanting to give up, what do you have to say to them? Um, number one, I mean, there is nothing wrong with you. It's normal to feel this way. Okay. Number two, go talk to someone. You know, call your your parents or call your, your best friend. Talk to someone before you do anything. Um, number three, call your local, I guess, hotline, you know, um, your services. You know, if you feel like you're, you're feeling suicidal, please, please call. Call the police. Call them and say that I need help. You know, and no one's going to be mean to you, rude, they're going to help you. You know, they're, they're, they, they want to help put you on a program that will put you, you know, in a place where you're safe. You know, and you might say like, oh, I don't, I don't want to go to rehab, ew. but I mean, hey, it helps. You know, doctors and their and nurses they are there and their goal is to help you, you know. Their their job is to make you a better person by putting you on these programs. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, please just talk to someone. Don't hold it in. If you hold it in, I mean I mean hey, like I did, you know. You know, don't hold it in. Talk to someone. That's that's my advice. And oh and one more thing. <clears throat> I mean, you're gonna get better. You will get better. It doesn't matter how bad it is now. It will get better. You know, the storm always passes, you know, and then the sun is going to be coming right back out. Well, Josh, I am, um, I'm so thankful that you're still alive and I'm thankful that we were, we able to reconnect through this tragedy, tragedy, um, that almost was. And, um, I'm looking forward to many more times of you coming on the show. I'm looking forward to developing our friendship. Oh, absolutely. And um, thank you again, man, for being on the show. And I just, I'm here for you, man. I'm here for you. And I'm looking forward to taking this journey together and using our, using our past hell to make the world a better place. Absolutely, I 100% agree. You know, and I'm here for you as well. I'm I'm happy to be part of your your project, or you know, if you need somebody to come over and you know to talk about these issues, you know, I I will absolutely always make plans. I think I think we're gonna make a good team with this. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you, man. I'll see you very soon. Absolutely. Likewise. Take care. See you. Take care. Wow. Um, so many different directions to go there. And, um, look, I, um, 
It's so funny. I, uh, I like suicide is not a joke at all. There's nothing funny about it. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. It's um. But I also get it. I get it. I get what it's like to give up and want to give up and say screw it. I'm I'm just going to. I w- I don't know if I had too much pride to actually commit suicide. But I was trying to kill myself anyway. You know. Um, I'm so thankful for my relationship with the Lord because I, the only way that I would have had hope and the only way that I would be able to get through everything that I've gotten through is because of my relationship with him. And, you know, I've lived on a prayer for the last three years, three and a half years, like miracle after miracle I've seen. And, um, it's just such a blessing that I'm even here. And then to have Josh and hear his story, it's also a blessing. I, I, I don't know I, I don't know anything, but I do know the fact that he did not die. That means he has an extraordinary purpose on this earth. All of you do. All of you do. You don't have to put yourself through hell. You can turn your life around. You can make the decision to quit running from your purpose. You can make the decision to start using the things that hurt you, the things that broke your heart, the abuse, the neglect, the, 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 the addiction, you can use this stuff on behalf of other people. You know, they say, give it to God. The other thing too, that no one really talks about is that you can transfer your pain, not in a negative way, but you can take that and use it and you can share your story. You can have a voice. You can have a voice and, and you can speak out because you have a message. Every one of you, every single one of you has a message that someone needs to hear. Someone needs to hear his message. Someone needed to hear mine. Someone needs to hear Brianna's and Diana's and Natalie's and Olive's and Anna's and Karen's. You all have a message. Use your voice. Live your truth. Because the only way out of the hell that you are in is the truth. It's the only way I found joy. So I don't do this enough, but there's a lot of people out there that are struggling. There's a lot of people out there that are hurting. There's a lot of people out there that are running from something or hiding from something. I just want to extend this invitation to you that I'm here to pray for you. Um, You can message me. You can tell me anything that you want me to pray for in complete confidence. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. I'm just a guy that, (laughs) by the grace of God, survived. So I'm here for you. And I love you. And, um, And I just want you to know that you are loved. You You may not feel like it sometimes, but you are loved. There's someone out there that needs you. But they need you to live your truth. They need to live. They need you to be the person God created you to be. And it only takes a decision. It only takes a decision to 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 live your truth. To use your voice. It's the most comfortable. Let me tell you something. I was terrified to tell the world that I had HIV. Terrified. I was terrified to tell the world I was an abuser. I was terrified to tell people that I was an addict and, you know, was trying to kill myself and, 
you know, I struggled this and did that. I, I, I struggled with all of it, but like 98% of the truth is not the truth. It's not. It, 98% of li- living 98% truth is not living the truth. And you will, you will never understand what freedom is until you decide to just say, here it is. I'm hurting. I'm sick. You will never experience love the way you so desperately want it until you live truth. I thought my truth would scare everyone away from me. All it did was bring everyone that needed to be in my life, in my life. For the first time in my life, I'm 38 years old. Over the last three months, I feel complete joy. I'm completely comfortable on my own skin. And I can live fearless because of that. So if you're struggling, I'm here. But, you know, call somebody. But if you need prayer, I'm, I will pray for you. I promise. I'll give you my word. I pray for people every day. I will pray for you. Man, what a day. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for watching. Thank you for all of the support. Thank you guys for supporting Joshua um, and, and, and me, Joshua. <laughs> Both of us. Anyway. God bless, and um, I'll see you guys soon. Thank you. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier reminding you that every day a portion of every firehouse subs purchase goes towards helping first responders. Try the new pastrami Reuben, loaded with hot pastrami, sweet and tangy slaw, and melted Swiss. For a limited time, get a medium pastrami Reuben for just $6.39. Firehouse subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time offer at participating locations. Firehouse subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase.